this for several weeks, and yet whenever that generally happens, it means that um, it's going to be a great day of teaching, a great day of listening. So uh, today we'll be hearing from a special young person that grew up in our congregation, and one reason why I asked him to uh, interview with me here is because I was when I first started coming here, I happened to meet somebody, a family, who lives up in Oregon, and um, they they raised their child up in the Judeo-Christian faith. And I asked her, I said, um, right over here, actually, I remember it was in a different place, but um, I said, hey, what's it like doing the Sabbath every week? And she just looked at me like, I don't know, what do you mean by that? And so. As I continued to ask her different questions, it just happened to be what she grew up with. And I thought, we need that opportunity to listen to somebody that just grew up in our faith. And the passage of scripture <clears throat> that I reflected on, um, and I continue to look forward to, but um, something that Randy and Anna, um, as they watched Silas grow and mature into a, a young man of God, they can definitely hold fast in this scripture and take courage. As um, John wrote, he says, For I was very glad when brethren came and testified to your truth, that is, how you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than this, to hear of my children walking in truth. We knew from a, a an early age, um, we were thankful that his parents dedicated him and so we'll hear from him today. Silas, will you come and um, put the wires, the microphone on you so we can talk? But um, as we do this, I just want to say, when you were younger, Miss Anya and I, and even Pastor Bruce, knew that the Spirit was going to work on you and has continued to work through you. And we're very happy and excited to hear from you today. So let me see, let me know how that fits up on your lapel, as this will be the first time as we, right? You've never used that before, and that's fine. This is meant to be a conversation and not something that he's just speaking um, to the congregation about, but there will be a question and answer. He's open to that at the end. And so, unlike many, I still need my glasses to read sometimes. <clears throat> Is it on mute, or is it on? Oh, we're good to go. Can you hear him? How's this sound? That sounds great. Good? All right. Solid, booming voice. Sweet. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we do have our outline here, but we're going to go through this, and we're going to have a conversation. Are you feeling good about this today, yeah. Silas? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not actually nervous. I, I actually enjoy speaking in front of people. Okay. Well, then I'll just get out of here. <laughs> no. All right, Silas, one of the first questions I did ask you to um, share with us was, tell us your thoughts about how you, you were brought up in the Judeo-Christian faith in this congregation. Uh, yeah, I, I feel very blessed to, to have my experience and to have been raised here. I, um, outside of the Disciple Center, um, I was also blessed to be uh, put through... Uh, private Christian schools, um, essentially my whole life, um, and it's just a, a blessing to be um, in an environment 
uh, almost all the time where I was comfortable and I knew uh, my faith would just grow because everybody around me uh, uh, shared it and it was really special to me. Um, and, I, and I noticed um, from a younger age that um, it was a little different. I mean, it wasn't everybody that I went to school with upbringing and then our, our church is different, but um, specifically coming uh, here and growing up here was really special to me. Um, and I was always grateful um, to see that uh, there was a little bit of a difference. Um, and I know we'll talk a little bit more about it, but uh, it just it, something struck me about it, uh, even when I was really young. And I knew that I was uh, there was going to be a difference and I was going to be able to um, take what I learned from school and what I learned here um, and, and blend together my... Uh, my faith as it is now, um, and it, uh, it was going to it was going to form, and I was going to be able to also uh, relate to different people, even though they they might not have had my exact upbringing. I mean, I can relate to uh, a non-denominational uh, churchgoer, and I can relate to um, someone with a messianic Jewish background. I, yeah. I, I thought that was really important to me, and I was really really blessed with that. So growing up in that denomination, multi-denominational faith here at the Disciple Center where we take some of the Catholicism and we take some of the Messianic Judaism and we mix them together yeah. um, because they were both brothers at one time, right? And it's like they got a divorce. That's benefited you, yeah. is what you're saying. I think so, a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I recently had a discussion um, which was really, really... It was a breath of fresh air. I, I, I very much enjoy those discussions, especially with people that have uh, never gone into that depth before. But it was just this past week where I was able to talk with um, some of my engineering friends. Uh, and they all, all have generally uh, a Baptist background. And it was just really, really cool to kind of blend together and, and, and show a little bit more of, well, I mean, what we know from American Christianity isn't all there is. Right. Um, and, and that there's more to it. And I... It was really nice to have that conversation and just talk about whatever uh, topics in the Bible. Uh, at the moment, we were talking about marriage and divorce. Um, and then a little bit later, we got a little more theological with uh, Calvinism and Arminianism. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun time. Those great conversations. And you're going to what college? Uh, CBU. CBU. Which most of you went to. So <laughs> there's that. Yeah, most of us were there, right? So, um, you know, you mentioned something that you grew up in the faith. You grew up here at the Disciple Center. Um, you know, I grew up in a way that I went to church, but we didn't do a whole, a whole lot of socializing with people from our church during the week. Mm. Was it any different for you? It was vastly different, and I'm super grateful for that. The congregation is my other family. Uh, we, we live life together, and, and that, that, was, that meant a lot to me because... What I one of the things I've noticed um, with uh, you know if I go to another church a, a much bigger church for example um, I don't see a ton of that and I, I know there's smaller groups within those churches um, but here I know everybody personally and that means something to me because just the the intimacy is is really really important and, and I think that that's how we can grow even stronger is we know absolutely everybody here. And we live life together. We go eat. We 
you know, spend time together as families, whether it's a bunch of families at once or just a dinner or Sabbath. Right? And it's, yeah, I just, I really appreciate that. That's great. That's great. Okay, so um, when did, you went through catechism, I guess. So at what age did you go through catechism? And then when did you make your faith your own? Was it at that same time? So at the age of around 13, I, is that me? We're good? Okay. Uh, at the age of 13 is when I went uh, through the catechism here uh, and spent some time um, going through that and uh, just kind of reaffirming everything I've learned over the years, uh, compiling whether it's uh, theological or uh, uh, apologetic, uh, things like that. Um, and then at the age of 14, and I mean like a day after I turned 14, uh, I was uh, comfortized, as we like to call it. I, uh, that's when I did my uh, confirmation and baptism um, and, and told everybody uh, I know that this is it's now my own and, and it's no longer just my family's. Uh, they've raised me up, but now it's my time to kind of leave the nest, at least spiritually. Um, and so, yeah, I, um, after that, it was uh, my prerogative to figure out more about what this means to me. Um, and so, uh, for example, one of the things I did throughout high school, one of the missions I went on on my own, um, and I'm trying to do now, but it's a little harder because we're not in a, in a time where we can just go out and experience different churches, but I would go around and um, try to uh, visit a, a few different churches, just see what's out there, um, and uh, gain a little bit of perspective from a lot of different places, and I think that's really beneficial for me. So being able to go visit other congregations and um, maybe not so much other... Did you visit other faiths as well? Did you... Um, not necessarily other faiths, faiths because uh, I I want to do that, but at the time, it, it just I felt like I wanted to specifically go down theological road. I just wanted to see within the Christian faith what that looks like. Um, but I've uh, I've had the inkling, and as I get older, I want to eventually um, just go out and uh, see the rest. Um, but I know that uh, it's not one of those things where I'm so open-minded, you can just change my mind and change my faith, because that's not what I'm trying to get at. Is I, I want to keep the open mind just for perspective, but to me, it's important that I also have the affirmation of what I've already believed and what I've been believing since forever. So what did going to other congregations, Christian congregations, do for you to, to realize that this Judeo-Christian piece was unique and actually... It opened my eyes to... Um, and we're, we're going to uh, talk about it, and you've already mentioned it, um, but, like, observances. Uh, the, the fact that we... Uh, we even celebrate Sabbath, uh, Passover Seder, the, 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 the Jewish traditions. Um, most places I've gone to so far aren't, uh, aren't even giving it a second thought. Um, uh, and that's uh, their prerogative. They can do what they, uh, they like. I, uh, but I've, since being here and uh, since learning, I've found how important it is that we, we do it and how special it is and what it means because it draws us uh, closer to God and, and it reveals more about Him when we practice these things. Because it, if He told anybody to do, it at, to do it at some point, maybe we could learn a thing or two. Whether or not we're 
Jewish by culture or right. ethnicity. I mean, it's still important. Absolutely. You know, this is a template, and so we're having this conversation. I want to dive into this a little bit more because um, one thing that I've been able to talk to with other Christians who don't go through those um, the cycles yearly, what you were just mentioning, they they don't realize how how important that is. Would it be a lot more difficult for you to walk away from this Judeo-Christian faith rather than from a general Christian faith that don't go through these practices yearly? I'd say yes, because I, I feel that with a, a, general, um, a general Christian uh, would be able to just, okay, wait, they stop going to church... Maybe if they are normally attending a Bible study or something, that that's, I mean, as soon as you walk away from that, usually there's not much more influence in your life and there's not much more depth than that. And you, it's kind of just easy to just, okay, well, I'm, then I'm done. But the way I've grown up, the, uh, the practices we do, um, me knowing, learning about them, not just doing them and that's kind of it, like learning about them and even giving it the time of day, it, it would be, to me, impossible. I, I just, I can't see, even even entertaining the thought of that would just be, like, silly to me. So one thing I've pointed out through the years is um, to the kids, and you were one of, used to be one of those kids, when you hear the, the shofar blow, if you did walk away, do you think you would have actually heard that at some point and then realized, oh, I need to get back? Of what I grew up in, yeah. I oh, whether it's the shofar blowing or just anything even closely related to the faith, it'll all it would always be a constant reminder of like the Lord tapping on my shoulder, like, uh, "Hey, where, what are you doing?" Um, and having a, a sort of guilty conscience all the time, just to to know what I've walked away from. Like, it, it's everything. It is the foundation of who I am and in this hypothetical who I was. So it would be, yeah. I'd Almost impossible to I'd deny him, him, right? Well, Silas, I'm so glad we agreed this was a template. But you do have a favorite passage of Scripture, which I had printed wrong, so I apologize. But it's Micah 6, 8. You want to share with us what that says? Um, before I verbatim it, uh, I... The reason I uh, I pick it for, for me personally is uh, just as a disciple, as as someone who has now believed this for years and years. It, it's just a I think a perfect summary of just how we're asked to live, how the Lord wants us to live, um, and it's it's just really it really hits in uh, what what we're called to do, um, and maybe not with, you know, something like the Great Commission in Matthew 28, like, that's the evangelical side, but I mean, the personal day-to-day walk, is the, it's it's perfectly summarized there. Um, and uh, the way uh, Dr. Stokes has mentioned it, it, it summarizes how we're to walk quiet and peaceable lives, and we're not out here trying to do great things for God, but be faithful to a great God. Um, and so, yeah, I, it, Micah 6-8 really just 
hits it home for me. I freaking love it so much. It's the best. Yeah. Do you want to read it for us? I do. And I mean, I would read the context, but I'll, I'll make it brief. He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with thy God. It's right there. What a sweet passage. How do you put that into practice in your, your personal daily life? I, I just need to be constantly reminded of it. I need to sit here and, and think, I mean, he did the most for us. He came, lived his life to perfection, and, and carried the weight of the sin of the world on his shoulders and carried it to the cross. Um, and the least I could do is this, be, be just and, and, and righteous day to day, not with just calling out evildoers, but looking within myself and um, seeing the black and white of right and wrong, loving kindness, be, being, being willing to go out of your comfort zone to, to sacrifice for others, love others, and then walk humbly at the end of the day after doing... Uh, if, you, if you can successfully do all that, sitting there and not with your head held high, but held low because it's it's not for you. And you're not the one deserving of the praise. So I noticed, you know, you talked about going to Cal Baptist and having these conversations with yeah. your, your peers in engineering. Yeah. So um, how how do they perceive you, hopefully, as humbly walking before him, but at the same time, they know you're different mm-hmm. in the faith walk. Can you share a little bit about that? Um, it hasn't been uh, a ton of conversations yet, so I, I can't tell exactly um, what they think. Uh, all I know is uh, they they can see a little bit of a difference, um, uh, and, I, and I can attribute all that to um, having grown up here and, and growing up in a, in a Christian school where uh, I learned something called Calvinism. Like, that's not a day-to-day, like, oh, I know exactly what it is. But I'm lucky enough to have uh, learned about it, and, um, and that, that kind of discussion, uh, I was able to, to share a little bit of what I know, uh, and uh, I can tell at least with that, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a depth in that um, I, I take this seriously, uh, as opposed to, yeah, I'm a believer, and that's about it. I just yeah, for those that don't know, and many of us do here in this congregation, we know um, Cal Baptist isn't made up of all Christian people, right? They're shooting for doing really good in the NCAA. I think Cal Baptist has probably changed quite a bit since most of us have even been there. Um, and so even some of our professors that we've known, they're retired now, and so your experience is definitely changing in that way. So you're still the light there at Cal Baptist. Um, do you think younger people than you need to have really good knowledge of the Bible today in the culture that you're living in, and why? Specific to that question, yes. And I think even not specific to it, like regardless of the culture, um, whether or not it's the way it is, I think it's really important to have to have a, a depth within uh, your beliefs and to, to continue to study Scripture. And I'm not sitting here saying that 
from a position of, oh, I know tons more than you, and that's it. Yeah. I, I continue to, uh, to strive to, to learn about that, and I want to know more. Um, and I think that helps refine what I believe. And so, yeah, people, I, I want people that are younger than me, whoever it is, to, to learn more and, and study harder than I, and just become better and, and more well-versed than I ever will be. Because I, I guarantee it'll, at the end of the day, maybe make or break whether someone comes to the faith too. Because you might be having a conversation with someone um, and whether or no you, whether or not you are able to recall maybe this one passage that'll answer a question they have that'll make them change their mind, for example, about this whole faith. And I, I think that's detrimental. Absolutely, especially for that soul that's there listening to you. Okay, so I I know this wasn't in the outline, but you you grew up going to a Christian school, mm-hmm. right? And Dr. Stokes has been talking about what the culture is trying to do to the children and control them. Yeah. What What would be the difference if you went to public school versus a Christian school or homeschool? Um, I feel the biggest difference is uh, I would have had a lot of a tougher time, um, maybe not with my faith, but really with the people I, I spent time with. Um, I'm more than blessed to uh, still have uh, the same group of friends that I've always had for years, which uh, not a lot of people can say, and I'm just so thankful for that. Um, And the center of this group uh, is Christ, and uh, I know for a fact that uh, unless I really uh, sought out, which is hard for you to do when you're eight years old, in a public school, but seek out a group that's primarily focused around Christ in a public school, that would be very hard to do. And so I I just know it would have been uh, a much different environment, and I mean, I would have probably maintained a more quiet tone and probably not been able to do my best to uh, speak up, but um, I was always a little more reserved, at least with yeah. that portion, whether or not I was outgoing, actually. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. And so it sounds like what you're saying is if people don't really have a choice in sending their kids to a private school or homeschooling, if they're in public school, mm-hmm. hopefully the parents would um, somehow create an environment in, in that child's life that has surrounding Christians with them. And what I would say is, um, this isn't enough for me to say, oh, I've gone through the public education system. But I spent one grade in public school. Um, I was in third grade. And I know for a fact that if my parents weren't always there to, to, to listen and to, and to care for me, um, that, that, that year already had been the worst year of my life because of uh, basically the torment I got. Um, I was always the smaller kid, so it was easy to pick on me. But if it weren't for my parents, I, that would have been drastically different. Uh, they, they went to bat for me every time and, and were there to support me and, and love me, even though when I, as soon as I walked into school, I knew that it was a handful of other kids that actually cared. Yeah. So 
That that's funny to think of you then, because now I'm eye to eye with you, or looking up a little bit. Um, but yeah, you were a little bit smaller growing up, weren't you? Uh, uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, well, before we get into really the last few questions, is there anything else that you want to mention today? Um. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I wanted to go back and hit home that how special it is this congregation as as opposed to every everything I'm used to outside of here um, growing up in uh, even even in those private Christian schools uh, the the stark differences that, that were there I mean again no no not a lot of people know what Sabbath really means to, to a lot of people um, and so when my family would uh, observe Sabbath, uh, especially in years past when, let's say, I'd have some friends from high school over, whatever it was, um, they'd be standing there like, uh, what's going on? I, I, yeah. Um, but that was also special because um, to some, to a select few of my friends, it, it caught their eye and they were a little interested and they, they found an appreciation for it. I, I remember having a conversation with one of them saying, a really... I really think that that was really cool that uh, your family did that and and what it means uh, within the faith or whatever um, and that was really cool and so you know sometimes it'll it'll hit home and sometimes it'll kind of roll over and that's fine uh, you know we this is some we choose to do um, but yeah it was I knew there was a difference even from when I was very young I, I knew there was there was a, a change there and uh, but I, that's why I was especially thankful because I was learning more. Right, and and actually doing that with your friends um, has been purposeful and even brought fruit, right? Yeah. Because some one of the families back there today is because exactly. of what your family has introduced over, over a long period of time. We've we've known each other and we've become families together, and and here we are today. I, I, I personally, I never expected this to happen where they start coming to church as often as we are and and everything i just um it was always oh i've had other christian family friends and that was kind of it but um and now that now that i see that there's a chance for anybody and everybody to to come along and actually be like well actually can you tell me a little more about it you're like uh yeah sure and then then it can lead to something Special. So, yeah, with that being said, d- have you had a lot of opportunity to share your faith as far as with friends that say, hey, I want to know a little bit more about this? Yeah, so far, um, not as much as uh, I want, and uh, and I can say, safely say, like, that's on me. I need to, I also need to branch out a little bit, but um, when I've been asked and when we're in conversation and I'm asked about it, it's been a, a handful of times. But it's always been really, really interesting. Um, uh, I, I can't actually say that anybody is very close to, to this upbringing. Um, the closest I think I can get is to a few Messianic Jews that I've gone to school with in the past. And, um, and we can share um, uh, some stuff like that. But um, uh, the closest I can get to people, I like at CBU, um, I, I know maybe two people. 
that grew up in a in a smaller Presbyterian church background, um, and so I know I can relate to them the uh, the meaningfulness of hymns, for example, as opposed to regular praise music, which both are awesome, but not a lot of the time do you have someone that that's what they're used to, yeah. and they're used to the smaller intimate churches as opposed to a huge mega church, and so that's been cool to to see that there are, are some like that, but. Yeah, that that's amazing. That's another conversation in itself, yeah. growing up in a small church, right? Yeah. The interesting thing is, um, going to Cal Baptist, you may get a lot of kids that, or young adults that went to a mega church, but the majority, if you get outside of California, the majority of them are small churches, so, um, <clears throat> but that's good. All right, so, moving on towards the end, uh, if you had one piece of advice... To the parents of children today, what would you tell them? Um, I, I spent a, a great deal of time thinking about this question. Uh, and I came up with a sort of twofold intertwined answer. Um, and I gathered it, one last thing, I gathered it from what I've already seen with the congregation here and parents here as opposed to maybe... Uh, any other parent I've ever met uh, is to continue to be an example uh, of the faith day to day, not just with you know how we come to church uh, every Sunday or whatever and um, do Sabbath, but meaningful every day. Um, you know, just the way you speak to people, the way you this and this. Um, it was always always a lesson to me when I when I watched whether it's my parents or other parents that they just live out the faith every day I was like okay that's an example I can I can go by I can I can take that and try to instill it in my own life and on top of that not only did I learn lessons from an authoritarian perspective where I'm told that this is um, the way to do it but I also greatly learned the lessons from people that were transparent. Um, and so that's one of my other things, is uh, to continue to be transparent and to be not just mom and dad, but you're also people. And I've learned so much from seeing that they're not just these idols, they're also just like me. They have um, trials and tribulations every day too. They struggle with stuff just the same as I do. Um, especially as I got older, uh, it, was, it was more relevant, but because, because older people were showing they're just like me, they're, they're another person that has to struggle with their own faith. That meant everything to me. That showed me I, I'm not alone. You don't have to be perfect, right? Right. So you live it out, your faith, and we're still sinful, and we're going to move forward in that journey. Yeah. What would you tell the kids? Some of them have been... What do you what do you call that? Confirm confrontized. Confrontized. They've been confrontized. Confrontized. All right. Some of them are still looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. But um, what would you tell those growing up in the congregation now? I definitely don't have one thing to say. I have several things to say, um, and a lot of this you're always going to hear, and this is nothing new. Um, to trust and obey your parents who follow their instruction. Yes. You've heard that before, but it's a lot deeper than you know because, um, and you may have heard this before or not, but they were your age once too, and 
they've got pretty much the same experiences you might have, and so they might actually know what they're talking about when they say, hey, do this or don't do this, because guess what? They've probably lived it and have suffered the consequences if they made a uh, wrong choice or something like that. Um, and, and I'm going to get back to the uh, how you should be with your parents, honoring them. Um, choose your friends very wisely, because if you have a friend group that the center isn't the Lord, it's um, you turn into the people you spend time with. You you're a culmination of those around you, and yeah, with if I if I didn't have a friend group um, that 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 was the center of it is first and foremost we're believers it'd be much different I'd probably be a much different person um, so I, I think that's very important and, and outside of just you know being believers I mean you can be a believer but still you know you got some struggles so when you've got friends that care about you and not just they stick into their own world and yeah I love Jesus but go away like people that will go out of their way to sacrifice for you to love you that's that's really important and so and basically tell you you're wrong yeah you're wrong. And, and call you out because I can't tell you how many times that's been the case for me and I'm more than thankful for it because I'll, I'll sit there and you know blabber on about whatever and uh, and make wrong choice after wrong choice and if I don't have friends that'll sit there and be like nope no, that's not how it, that's not how we roll. Then, again, I would be a lot different. I'd, I'd be uh, looser with just how I act. Um, and so, to circle back to parents, um, and this is I'm saying this because, based on my experience and based on what I've seen, I would not be who I am if I didn't have the close relationship I do with my mom and dad. And so, I want you to know that they. They love you. They support you. They will always be there for you, as as my parents would say. Um, we'll always go to bat for you. We're always in your corner, um, and so that meant to me. I can I can seek counsel or advice from them. I can talk to them about anything and everything. Like, and and that's not easy to say with everybody. I, that's why I was going to say with what I've seen. Uh, tons of people I know aren't that close with their parents and to me it shows because they they have a little bit of a uh, mistrust with people and, and and not being able to to really they, they haven't been shown that love but if it weren't for friends and specifically family my my my, my own tight-knit family I uh, it's just it's just done wonders for me and so Always, always seek out a relationship with your parents. Like they, they want to be there for you. But when we shove them away, especially as we get older, and I say this because I did it. Like I, like every kid, we eventually get old enough and like teen angst and like, eh, I want to talk to you. You're old or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, just it, it, it's you're gonna someday realize that that is the dumbest thing you can do. And yeah. And you didn't even have to move out to realize that. That's great. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, I did not. But uh, yeah, soon. Soon is right. I got I to gotta hurry up. I gotta, you know, 
Silas, it really sounds like you're putting into practice Proverbs 3, where you, you didn't take the discipline or the correction of the Lord, but you, you, you said, yes, I, I do need to change that. And you are putting into practice what it says as well in that first verse of, um, listen to my words, write them on the tablets of your heart, right? Bind them around your neck. And so we are so thankful to have been able to see you grow up in the congregation Mm -hmm. um, and continuing to see what God does in your life. Like I said, at at an early age, um, it seemed like, and and don't get me wrong, sometimes it's scary whenever somebody says, hey, God had a hold of you early. Um, And my aunt told me, hey, you're going to be a pastor. And I said, no, I'm not. You are crazy. It wasn't until about um, in my late 20s that I, I thought, okay, I, maybe I am. So, And now I find myself here. But even when you were with Miss Anya in there, I remember talking to her and her saying, you know, Silas is always leading. He's the one that wants to do the prayers. He's the one that's taking the lead in, um, in class. And so we continue to see that, and we're thankful. And um, even going to camp that one time with you, I could see how you were leading, not, not just in our congregation, but when we were mixed with the other, you still took a lead. And so I'm so excited to continue to see what God does in your life. I had a thought about that the other day. I, I mean, a couple days ago, I was like, oh, I remember that camp experience. That was really fun. It's too bad that I'm much too old for it now. But like that was really a good time, and, and it was a bummer that I only went the one time. But that was that was special to me. That was really cool. Um, and well, now you can go back as a counselor whenever we start <laughs> going go. back. There you go. Yeah. And then the time with Miss Anya, it feels like forever ago. But that that was such a that molded everything at the mm-hmm. start. I mean, yeah, I, I I was one of the very few kids in my. Uh, little Christian class in the whatever grade that knew what the tabernacle even was, that kind of thing. And we talked about it. Um, uh, that was one of the things I was remembering is we'd sit there and we'd go through, well, here's where this and this was, the most holy place, what was inside, and, and all this. Like, that's not something I, I learned from school. Right? And, and that was really important to me. And learning Psalm 23 in Hebrew. Which don't ask me to do it. Because I'm still I struggling now. She's teaching um, me now slowly. I have, I have fragments left uh, in memory, but that, that was so cool. Like, yeah, just a lot of it. I met, I met the world. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, let me pray for you and the younger ones, and then we'll open up for Q and A as you're opening that. Okay. Father in heaven, we just come to you now. I ask you to continue, Lord, to be with Silas as he leans on you for understanding, for knowledge, Lord. Continue to bless him in his journey of life and let him be a light in this world that he will shed, Lord. He will he will shine brightly for you, not only at Cal Baptist, but in whatever endeavors he has, Lord. And we ask you to use him to glorify your kingdom and be with the rest of the young people as they're growing up, Lord. Help us as parents to honor you and to live out this faith in front of them that they will see that your light shines through us and it will shine through them too. So continue to use us for your kingdom's glory. These things we ask through your Son, our Savior. Amen. All right. Well, if you guys have questions, I can be um, Phil Donahue again and run around. Who? Phil Donahue?
Anybody have any questions? No? You're good? All right, James. I don't know that it's actually a question. Uh, I just wanted to make a comment. Um, it's a blessing to see you. Uh, as parents, we certainly stress and uh, have worry that our children will uh, get to a level of consciousness, um, a depth of faith that you have, uh, despite our parents sometimes. Um, no, just kidding. Just kidding. But no, I. Um, it's a blessing that this works and that we're a part of it. Kids, you can ask a question of somebody. I think this is being taken differently from Silas than it would from one of us adults. You guys have a question for Silas? Well, okay, big kid. I, so we got to see you grow up in a different light. We weren't, we're new to this church. Just to echo what what he said earlier. I mean, I feel the same way. And uh, we're extremely glad that Stephen had you when you guys first met and that you guys are still, you know, friends to this day. But because of that is why we're here now. You know, it's just one thing led to another. So, you know, we're extremely grateful for that. And that's something that's always going to be with us. I can talk, but I don't want to. <laughs> I will say, the amount of times in the past years that I had anything I was thinking about, and most people I wasn't comfortable coming to with, but I leaned on Stephen, because he's been ride or die for like ever. So I, I, always, had, I always had you, so... So he's one of the group that you considered one of the close knits that would correct you when you were wrong. Yeah. Uh, well, we all need those people, just like your dad needs us, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Stephen, can you ring the bell? Oh, you just what you did the ringing? But no, you're fine. In case I wasn't clear, I was I was talking about him. Oh yeah, Steve. right. Yeah. That's Stephen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Silas. I appreciate it. It's good talking. Yeah. And if you guys will stand with us, we'll return the Torah and the Gospels. You know what? Would you return the Gospels for me? It's right here. I wanted to do, I just didn't know where to read it. Wait, did I offend you? Please forgive me, Jeff. Alright. Alright. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us through your word and spirit and causes us to hope in your Son. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us through your word and spirit and continues to write your commandments on our hearts.
You may be seated. Yeah, we would never want our kids to just be on us, right? They need to take the good from us, get rid of the bad, and pick up on other good characteristics of others. So that's our goal. Is that... Do we still have one more class out? You're not sure? Do we have everybody, Jeff? Nope. All right. All right, Carrie, do you want me to close the ark? All right. Will you guys stand as we close the ark? Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has placed all authority in Yeshua, your Son, whom you raised from the dead, that repentance and faith and his name might be proclaimed in all the world. Let's gather the children and bless each other with the ironic blessing. As we go out this week, may we realize that the small acts of kindness, our children are watching, and then we'll turn them in to those good servants of the Lord as we continue to walk in all his.